just a, like saying it was a crock of sh and oh. <laughs> those are the kind of strong opinions we want here on the electronic wireless show <laughs> um, hello and welcome to the electronic wireless show the rock paper shotgun podcast it's a good podcast you like to listen to it at least you must do if you've reached episode 64 which is what we're on i'm brendan caldwell uh, i'm not joined by alice bell this week uh, she's off but i do have two other people here i have uh dave Irwin. hey up from our guides department and i have matt cox hello from our everything else department the words department words words boy words man there's words in guides. thank you there's lots of words in guides. That's true. I did think that as I said it. I did <laughs> there is more it. words. There's more words in guides than any other any other article. I would like to see you do some guides that contain no words at all, though. I think that would be what just good... pictures. Oh, I'd yeah, love to do that. Mime. <laughs> My... How does that translate online? I'd have to do video, I suppose. Yeah, yeah. yeah. You could totally like show yourself running after a monster in Monster Hunter. I'd love this mime guides. It's just like videos of you looking kind of like puzzled and quizzical at a picture of a monster <laughs> killing someone and going, and then like shaking your finger at the screen. It'd be like um, Art Attack. You know when he does those silent Art Attacks? Mm. Oh, yeah. <laughs> oh, the memories of Art Attack. Cool. Well, thank you guys for joining me. We've got all the card boys together because um, we are talking about a big card game that came out just yesterday artifact mm. Mm. i like it of course you like it you won <laughs> <laughs> me and dave played a game just before we started and i did win tell me how right first of all i think we need to boil this right down till mm. it's like a simmering caramelized pool of knowledge uh, because artifact is a complicated card game. Yes. Uh, so I'm gonna ask. I'm gonna ask Matt. All right. I'll give you. Give you first go. I mean, hang on. Describe. Tell me what artifact is in in a sentence. Like expl- explain it as thoroughly as you can in a sentence. Can it be a very long sentence? I mean, sure. But if I hear a breath that sounds like a full stop, you're out. <laughs> Artifact is a card game that's played on three lanes that takes the heroes, items, and other ideas from Dota 2 into a competitive game that's deeper than, or seems to be deeper than any card game I've played so far. That's good. That was work. That wasn't bad. All right. Uh, Dave, it's your turn now. Okay. Artifact is what happens when Valve give Richard Garfield more than enough money and make him do basically what he's always wanted to do, which is just splurge all over a um, table. Ew. <laughs> <laughs> Two competing versions of what Artifact is there for you listeners. <laughs> I would just say, Artifact's hard. <laughs> that, would be, that would be my sentence. It is. Uh, um, so I guess to explain, to explain it in greater depth, it's a lot like other card games you might have played like uh hearthstone or it's more like magic of the gathering yeah it's got it's got a bit of that but they all do don't they so 
this one has more of it than others, though, I think. Um, so, let's say, like, the mm, essentially the biggest difference with other card games is, or what shapes a lot of it, is you've got two different ways to win. So the, you're playing cards on, you've got one hand of cards that you play on three different lanes. And so you're committing different heroes to those lanes and different units and different spells. But um, on those three lanes, you can either win by destroying the tower, which has 40 health at the end of two of those lanes, or defeating the tower on one of those lanes and then defeating the ancient that appears behind it that has 80 health. So it's like having three separate games of Magic or Hearthstone um, at the same time, which is where it gets really, really complicated because you have to keep an eye on everything that's happening on one side of the board and work out which one you're willing to sacrifice because mm. the opposing player has just got too much of a board position. Um, so like in our game that we had, uh, I think you pretty much condemned your middle lane pretty quickly once you saw just how much damage I was yeah. dealing to it. So I kind of read some advice, which is like early on, just abandon a lane and you can usually get away with it mm. um, because it is really hard to uh, kill the ancient before the other person manages to destroy your other two towers. Yeah, uh, it, and it's one of those things where uh, it's a strategy, you can do it, but it's not the optimal way to play if you go for the ancient itself. Uh, it's more of a desperation mm -hmm. attempt, which pretty much what I did. In the... But presumably you could build... I'm interested in the idea of building decks that are designed to double down on the ancient. Yeah, I mean, I just, it's I just played a game against the bot while you two were playing each other, and I won by killing the ancient. Ah. But I think it's because if you if you kind of because you upgrade your heroes as you go, and even though your heroes will die, um, and you'll just be able to use them again later, like they skip a turn almost, and they come back later, and you can play them again. And if you just keep giving them good items and upgrading their damage, you can plop them back into the fight. I had a scary moment in our game where I didn't realise heroes came back with all the stuff you'd given them. And so, like, three of Day's heroes suddenly respawned on this lane with all of the gear they had, and things looked real bad. Yes, <laughs> and then you blew them up. Then I blew them up. That was, that was a good bit. Um... So, like, my main complaint about this game is the fact that you can't cast any spells that are of a certain colour if you don't have a hero of that colour in that lane. So, yeah. for example, I had a situation where I had, I think it was two blue heroes and a black hero in the middle lane just going to town. But I wasn't able to do anything about the other lanes until I miraculously dredged up a TP uh, Tampal scroll, um, so I could move those heroes out of that lane into the other lanes. Mm. And because the game's not been out for all that long, there's not many ways to buy extra packs outside of the in-app store. Um, so, as a result, there's not as many cards to play around with as there actually are in the sets so there's more of a financial commitment to investing in uh, packs to get more cards yeah um, see what you say about like having kind of because sometimes it will end, end like that where matt for instance you abandon one of the lanes completely you just decide of the three games of hearthstone that i'm playing i don't want to win the middle one yep. um if you do that 
see this is why i i I don't mind it because it means that you as the opponent you don't want to overcommit to any lane Mm -hmm. until you know if you think they're going to abandon it or they're not putting their full you know they're not they're not putting their heart into this fight you don't want to throw down too many heroes in there so you kind of like are wary and it's just like you need to decide when to abandon and when to commit and if you get that wrong then you've you've kind of you've just you, your strategy has just not paid off mm. and it's like that was yeah you point. do you do need to wait for the the scroll thing and it is annoying like there's no other way to move your hero apart from them dying or getting a scroll but i imagine yeah other cards will come out so it'll be something that gets better with there, time there is a card called blink dagger that you can get if you buy from the shop in I think it's like seven gold that you need in order to buy it out of the shop so that you can have it in your hand. Um, that, once it's equipped, you can then move your heroes to other lanes. But the problem is, if you don't have that card in your pool of cards that you've uh, picked up from packs or the decks, uh, that card's quite expensive because it's mm. very good. Yeah, um, there's also no guarantee it will come up. So with the shop that um, appears at the end of each round, so once you've committed everything you committed to your three lanes, you get a little shop that appears with three items you can buy. Mm. Um, and like the middle pool of those will keep refilling, so you can you know buy the top one and then the next one and the next one if you like. But um, yeah, I'll be, I'll, there's still not that great a chance that the item you'll need will come up. But if it does yeah. come up, you can spend the gold to keep that uh, selection. That's true. Um, but if you've not killed anything that turn, then yeah, you you can't have that card if you don't buy it there and then. Um, so yeah, there's a few like minor annoyances which, to me, it's not Richard Garfield's best work. Um, because I mean, he he created Magic: The Gathering originally back in the mid '90s. And that wasn't a particularly great game when it started because there were m- very similar problems in that some cards were much, much better than the others. Mm-hmm. So um, one of the heroes, I think it's Lich, has a card called Chain Lightning. Um, I think that's the name of the card. And what that basically does is it just rebounds between units and shocks them for a certain amount of damage per shock. Mm. and as a result, that can wipe boards. I had one game against uh, another player where I'd built up a massive board of creeps in one lane and I was going to win that turn. But then they plonked this hero down and had initiative. So they were able to wipe out my entire board because they had this one card. And it's... Dear, it sounds like you just don't like to lose. Well, I don't like to lose, <laughs> but um, it's it's more the fact that there's a difference between losing because someone outplayed you and losing because someone had got lucky with a card draw, got lucky with um, a hero placement or something like that. There is quite a... I was surprised by how much luck there was to it. Like, so many little individual elements are randomized. In Artifact. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 yeah um, I agree. And I don't know if I've played enough... Like, I've only played... Uh, four games I think if that hmm. um, so yeah none of this is that authoritative but I'm like I'm surprised how it's 
stops you from planning. But as I'm thinking about it, I'm thinking... So, for instance, um, one thing I was really surprised by, and I think I've understood this right, is when you play a card, you can't be sure which it's going to attack. Like, yeah. there are little oh, arrows uh, put in the lanes. Y- yeah, so you play it in a lane, and yeah. then a little arrow will appear, either straight ahead or, or, curved. or curved. Yeah. And, like, sometimes, like, if there's a thing opposite it, it will always attack the thing that's opposite it. Mm. But if there isn't a thing that's opposite it, it will either attack, like, straight onto the tower, or there's a chance it will attack the thing to the right. Is that yeah. correct? Yeah, that's right. That seemed very strange to that's me. That's very yeah. annoying. It's one of the things that is is driving me wild. I couldn't figure it out either. Like, is this... Are they? I I was thinking like, are certain things uh, taunting the the heroes or provoking them into attack? And that does happen. You can get cards that like say you you throw on a creep and the creep will go, hey, come and get me, and it will redirect the kind of attack of whatever your hero is. But mm. like you say, yeah, the sometimes you you want your hero to just storm ahead and attack the tower. I think, but that's... you can't choose that. Yeah. You, you sometimes they just attack what they want. <laughs> I suppose the counter to that is there are things that give you control over that. So for every, like for everything that's random, again, I haven't seen that much, but presumably there will there'll be cards and ways to subvert that randomness. Mm. I mean, like the the other thing is is that every at the beginning of every round, like every three sets, uh, you the little creep cards come on, and they're just like little cards that do two damage and have four health, and they're always kind of the same, and they just or you know whatever it is for your your deck, and uh, they 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 come on randomly themselves. Like you don't get to choose where they go down. You get to see which lanes they'll go into and how many will go into each lane. You'll see like oh three creeps are going into that middle lane. That's fine, whatever. Or two creeps or whatever it is. But um, you don't get to decide like who they go in front of. Mm. They just do their own thing. I mean, I think I get it. I think I get it because there are so many moving parts to it. If it did give you control over everything, like, you know, I had enough analysis paralysis as it was. Um, Mm. I could definitely see myself just getting lost in this sea of decisions if I didn't, if I had complete control over it. Right. But then is the solution, is the solution to that, okay, make these things random so that people don't have to worry about it? Or is it just... Let's take away some of the complexity here. I think they just make it a bit more simple. For me, they need to take away the um, the option or when creep or uh, like a creep is deployed, whether it attracts straight forward or attacks the unit to the side. I I think that's a bit too much. Um, whereas having spells that redirect where a unit attacks, I think. That's definitely the right direction to go on that front, um, just because it's far less complicated. You, it's one less thing you have to think about when uh, choosing which units you're going to put in which lane. Uh, it at the moment it just seems a little bit too. Um, there's too many moving parts. See, I'm conflicted because I do, I do really like having a lot to think about, I... but. My main problem with uh, Artifact is actually how long the games are, because mm. let's say, I mean, one of the main complaints that I've seen going around is that uh, it's not very good for streaming, because a lot of like Hearthstone players and Magic players, because it's one game, you can watch like an hour worth of it and watch three games, whereas uh, Artifact... An entire game could take forty minutes. Mm. 
and it's actually quite dull to watch. Um, I was watching a load of the games at uh, an event that they had, like a constructed event, months ago. And I was watching some of the games that they had then, and they were really dull. It was like watching the same things over and over. Um, And it it just wasn't as compelling, whereas a Hearthstone game, even back when it that was in beta, or like Magic the Gathering games, um, just watching those, there's a lot more cards that they play around with in terms of where things go, and as a result, it just it just feels better to watch. I, I'm probably not explaining myself uh, all that well in this. Um, as to why I don't think it's as good to watch, but for me, it's it just, just kind of hard to follow as well. Like it's hard to follow when you're playing. Like you always forget. Like so far, again, these are these early impressions. I've only played a bit, but so far, whenever I play, I always I'm always forgetting something or I'm always overlooking something. Yeah, mm. and it feels like there's just I'm spinning plates, you know. Ah, oh, but like, I like that though. I like that feeling. Like oh, if only I'd remembered to do that. Ah, oh, if I'd just done this differently, then everything would have been okay. And that is definitely not a thing I get with Hearthstone. You no, like but I mean, like, thing. if you're trying to watch it, like Dave says, like, That's true. If, if you can't keep it straight in your head while you're playing, how can you hope to keep it straight in your head if you're watching it? I Not guess... that I think watching any card game is a good thing well, yeah, to do. Well, yeah, that's where I'm coming from. I mean, I don't know. I guess just generally, I don't, I, I don't watch people play games. Hmm. See, Hearthstone, I, I agree with you on that front, but it's a lot more, uh, aside from the cards that actually do random things, there's... Um, it's it doesn't feel as random overall just because of the fact that there's some random cards in it doesn't mean that uh there's something unexpected that you haven't mm. overlooked because the like carpool is not as big whereas say magic the gathering for example that game's been going on like what was it 25 years now something like that maybe 20 years actually thinking about it um but because it's got so many cards and so many different formats that you can play, mm-hmm. like say for example, um, you've got the standard format, which is the past few sets, and there's several hundred cards worth, and that's quite compelling to watch in itself because there's a limited amount of cards. You some of the interactions between the cards, <clears throat> excuse me, some of the uh, interactions with the cards are so intricately designed that it's actually really nice to watch. Mm-hmm. Um, whereas, and this is the other thing about uh, Artifact, I don't think any of the cards synchronise with each other. Well, I have a great example that mm. contradicts that. Go on. So um, I was really thrilled when this happened because, um, uh, so you mentioned Lich earlier, who probably, I'm not entirely sure how it works, they must come with a card that does... Their alt in Dota 2, which is the chain frost ability that pings between people. Chain frost, not chain lightning. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> um, but they've also... So here is... I feel like as we talk, we're just introducing thing after thing after thing that's going on here. But heroes also have uh, hero abilities that are like on a separate cooldown and don't cost mana. Mm. And one thing that Lich can do is sacrifice a unit in his lane like to... Um, I can't remember exactly what it does. It might buff his own health pool. Um... Which is also, again, an ability he has in Dota 2. I really like that element mm. of it. Um, but then there was another card that I had that was um, a unit that would like gain attack every time a neighbouring unit died. 
And so those together, and not only did they really work mechanically together, when I when I played that creep down, he greeted he greeted Lich. <laughs> okay. So and I had a little little bit of banter. Yeah. I love that. I don't think that counts as the cards like working together what? well though. It's just a it's nice exactly it's that. Just, no, it's just a th- it's, it's not just the a same color. As... It's just flavor text like the, no, okay. The the flavor text is going on top <laughs> of a really good mechanical interaction. Mm. A mechanical synergy. I think it matches Dota in a way that's pleasing, but I don't. I I'm with Dave. Like I haven't so far, like put my cards together and gone, oh yeah, it makes sense to do this and then this and these would work together. I should see if this card for this card. All the cards seem to do is buff and neg. Like mm. I can't I can't find anything that, like the most the most useful thing I can do for any hero is to give them items, mm. and that's universal to all heroes. Like I feel. Like red know. heroes do get spells that modify the stats as well, but again, that's just an archetype. It doesn't feel like um like the difference with magic and hearthstone is they introduce keywords which you can then manipulate those particular keywords to do something so like one of the most famous examples was in Magic, there was a set called Ravnica City of Guilds, which introduced a... Um, what? Wait, what's it called? Uh, Ravnica City of Guilds. City of Guilds. It's Brighton, isn't it? Pretty, pretty much. <laughs> um, it's got all the, uh, all the different colours, I suppose. Um, but the main thing about that set was each of the guilds had a particular guild, uh, keyword ability, which were all drastically different from each other. Now, some of them did just buff each other when something happens, but there were other ones like, say, Dredge, which you could um, discard. I, I'm hoping I'm remembering this right, but you can discard the top, certain number of cards in your deck to get another card out of your deck uh, out of your graveyard so you're essentially replacing uh, cards that you would have in your hand in subsequent turns with a card that you've already played that's gone into the um, graveyard but you can use that to tutor up other uh, big heavy hitters in your deck because you're then sacrificing more to the graveyard just by mm. milling it off the top. Yeah. Um, and so, like, other cards care about... Uh, and this is this synchronizes quite well with some other cards that say when this card uh, is in the graveyard, you can then cast it from the yeah. graveyard. Yeah, there's loads of... Like, card games, like, all do that kind of stuff like uh, Gwent has the same deal like there's a whole deck the Skalliga deck that is just about grumpy viking men getting you know throwing themselves at the enemy getting killed and then coming back because they all have this yeah come out of the graveyard kind of skill and stuff like that mm-hmm. I think there there will be stuff and there probably is stuff in Artifact that's like this um, like like where it ties together a theme for one deck that we just haven't come across yet or that is either you know scheduled to be added um yeah I like think the, key, the keyword stuff and sets. yeah the keyword stuff and stuff that will come with time um but i don't know now it feels like they've got the you know the kind of skeleton of okay get 
get bigger numbers and hit your enemy with the bigger numbers game going. Um, I th- I mean, I think that's reductive. I I would say I, I mean, it is reductive. <laughs> I'm paid to be reductive, Matt. <laughs> I mean, so to go back to like the um, dynamic where you can only cast spells uh, of a certain color if you've got a hero on that lane of that color. I think that's a really that's really interesting. So there was a mo- like it it can be interesting definitely. So there was a moment where um in mine and Dave's game where you like assassinated my blue hero, which meant I couldn't I no longer had access to the spell that would just obliterate everything on your board like deal mm. twelve damage mixed between heroes. And so, you know, that's a sort of, like, I wondered if you were aware I would have one of those cards and so had deliberately tried to take my blue guy off the board. I was wary of it. Uh, I didn't think you had it, or at least had the mana to cast it. Mm -hmm. But at the same time, it was also a hero on the board that was in the way of something else, and I figured... And the spell that I used actually gained me initiative as well. All right. Because uh, I think it was a card called Hipfire, which deals full damage to a unit and gets you initiative to cast something else afterwards, which is another layer on top of everything else about artifacts. So um, as a result, it is really hard to follow in that respect. But um, casting that spell on your creature, I was slightly aware of it. Mm-hmm. But it was mostly, I wanted to get the thing off the board, I wanted initiative, and uh, it worked, and it apparently worked better than I thought it did. <laughs> so Interesting. Okay, well, there was definitely scope for, in, you know, in a different game, in a slightly different situation with, you know, I'd be very interested to see how it plays once everybody is, like, acutely aware of all of the cards in another person's deck and are playing yeah. around those, because that's not a side I've seen of it before. Mm. But it already it already feels like, and this is where it, I, I don't know, I think I've, I've got a very different impression of it from you guys, because it seems like so much of the game compared to what I've played of Magic or Hearthstone is played in the game itself rather than the decks that you bring to it. And the decks are important, but, like, just... When when you've got three lanes and it's not just should I play this card in this order, it's should I play this card in this place. It's yeah, like it, there's it a gives... lot of like strategy to it that's that goes beyond like a lot of other card games just deal with kind of tactics. You're all on the same board, you're all in the same place, you're all doing the same thing, but you need to make higher level decisions here. Like mm. do you just do you just not use a card, completely skip your turn in the first lane? Don't use up the mana, which is all just going to go to waste. If you're not using it, it's just going to go to waste. Um, and then just save it all for the next thing. Like, you have to make... It's more interesting in that regard than, yeah. like, the, El- you know, the Elder Scrolls card game, mm-hmm. Legends, which is similar. It has two lanes. Oh, right. Um, I didn't know that. Interesting. No, th- this is the thing, is that... <laughs> I'm I'm still at the the stage with artifact with I don't think it's like a bad game I just think I'm not there yet and I'm at the stage where you know when you p- start a new card game or a new kind of puzzly game and you can't follow all the threads and something happens that kills like a couple of your people and you go wait what mm-hmm. and then it's your turn and you're like still trying to figure out what just happened like which which little hero ability which automatic damage which little uh, uh, what do you call them? In- improvement thing. 
you know, did damage here? What was it? Something I did earlier? Was it you're you're trying to put something together in head, and then the announcer is like fifteen seconds left. Yeah. And you're like, what am I doing? It so I'm do still a very I'm good still job at that telling stage. you what has gone on in the past. It'll tell you the last card that was um, yeah. played by another person, but. In terms of the improvement, I, I don't think it does a good enough job on that. The, I mean, I the, might be wrong because I've the improvements, really looked about improvements. The improvements, but... those, these are the little things um, that uh, they're kind of like... Uh, upgrades. What would they be called? Like upgrades that you put at the back of a lane, like a catapult that fires fire at the enemy tower or d- deals damage to all the enemies, uh, heroes in the row, things like that, and you can destroy them with other cards and stuff. Mm. Those... I can get, I can kind of understand because they always happen at the same time. Yeah. Um, every round or every time you, you know, they happen uniformly. There is one which is um, like an activated ability, which um, I can't remember the name of it, but for one mana, you can restore all of your mana. Um, I think it's a blue one. Um, and that one seems ridiculous. I got one that did two piercing damage to a unit of my choice. That's really good. Mm. Piercing damage is when you stab a body right right yeah. through their armor. And that, armor is armor the thing is that nothing. stops damage whenever it like, takes two away from a four damage thing. There's just too much to explain about Artifact. <laughs> it's exhausting. Yeah. And that's my but... problem with it. There's too much. It needs a little bit of streamlining just to make it easier to follow. And as such, it'll be a much better game to watch. It'll be a much get better game to play. And would, would you say that about Dota, though? Yeah. Yeah. Well, you're wrong. <laughs> this, is, this is what it was. But they're not biased. I don't like MOBAs, so... <laughs> this is what I wanted to ask you, Matt, specifically, because you play a lot of Dota. Mm. And uh, I don't play any Dota, so to see these heroes... They all, all their names, all their appearances, that means nothing to me. I have no idea who they are thematically or what they do. So this game is like that little bit, that little bit extra hard, harder for me to mm. kind of understand. Do you um, get a lot of the flavor from the heroes themselves? Yeah. Like you mentioned Lich in particular was uh, quite similar to his character in uh, how he plays in Dota, but are there others that? You look at it and you think, why is that ability there or anything like that? Uh, it's a mix. So some of them make complete sense. Like, um, you know, Zeus has an almost exactly the same thing where after he casts a spell, he does a little damage. And that's just, you know, one for one, same in Dota. It's like, yeah, like there's definitely a familiarity there. Um, you know, I guess familiarity with mechanical to a certain extent, but also just, I guess, looking up at this mountainous learning curve and be like, yeah, I'm on board <laughs> rather than rather than I wish I wish this mountain was smaller. Yeah. And that that's a perspective that I was interested to hear about because um like the same with um Magic and Hearthstone, because Magic is a universe that's like over two decades old and Hearthstone is based on like World of Warcraft. Um, with like little splashes of other things as well when they have silly events um but that familiarity i think in terms of flavor i think is quite important to a lot of uh, like card games and whilst um 
Like for me, Gwent never clicked because I never got behind the whole universe of it. Mm, uh, and um, what was the other one? Uh, Elder Scrolls uh, card game. Um, again, that's such a dry universe for me, except for all the races <laughs> that I'm just like, well, I mean, for the fans, sure, but I, not for I me. I can tell you, I can tell you as someone who plays the Elder Scrolls games and has played like a good portion of Legends, <laughs> that the, the flavor of the card game it's so negligible. Like you have no idea who any of the people are in the cards. Oh well, there we go. Like it'll say, it'll say like Dragonborn, and you'll go, okay, I get Dragonborn. Mm-hmm. And then it'll say like Ulfric Stormcloak, and you'll go, okay, the me and Baddie. And then all these other characters will come up, and you'll be like, who was that? Was that that person in Riverrun who gave me a, like a fetch quest today? I have no idea. <laughs> <laughs> like you just, you just kind of glaze over it after a while. Um, but yeah, no. On the on the Dota subject, um, Matt. I like you say would you say Dota is too complicated and needs streamlined like I would say definitely yes but one of the things that uh I feel like if you enter Dota now it's 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 very difficult to get into it's really difficult to kind of ease your way in there is no yeah. way to ease your way in that you know as as much as they try to make it appealing to new players or whatever it's very very punishing um, yeah, well, but uh, I mean, like they have a chance with Artifact to make it kind of e- you to make it more accessible and e- easy to kind of slot into. Yeah, even even keeping happened. even keeping all of the complexity of the game, they could just have a bit of a slower tutorial because the tutorial in the game consists of having two games, and they just throw every card at you. They just mm. throw them all at you and they just say it's sink or swim time go for it like i know no other card game that does does it that kind of freely i would like i would definitely all the other card games give you like levels and levels of kind of tutorials mm. i'd agree that the tutorial could be a lot better i would i would definitely disagree that it should be more accessible i i I, you know, you just I'd... saying that because you win, because you're smarter. <laughs> that just, is no sympathy for us dollars. That is undeniably an element of it. But uh... <laughs> <laughs> wow, it's not. No, it's not fair. I, I definitely think that you know, complexity can get you to make into a headspace where you're making more interesting decisions than would otherwise be afforded to you. There is one big thing, big caveat that's going to get in the way of people wanting to play this game, and that's the £15.99 um, upfront cost. I think that was a big mistake. I'm surprised. Do you think it's ex- like expensive? It's more the fact that Hearthstone and Magic Arena are free-to-play, so you can get into it immediately. Yeah, you have to buy booster packs, but at the same time, you can experience the game with some pre-constructed decks that they just give you. Whereas Artifact, you have to spend £15.99 or whatever the regional equivalent is where you are um, just to get into it. And as a result, for me, that shot themselves in the foot because there's going to be people who have been curious about the game wanted to try it out for themselves and then find that they can't until they uh, put up 
the upfront cost, in which case they're now fully committed to um, playing so, the game. So I, I haven't been following the, the pricing stuff of this. Is it that in Artifact, you, you pay fifteen ninety nine for the game in yeah. pounds, um, and you get every card that exists? No. No. No, you get uh, two pre-constructed decks and I think it's ten booster packs of the uh, base set called to arms. But and then if I'm you not don't entirely get, sure on that last point. Um, if you but, don't get every card then from those booster packs and you want to get like another card that has, I don't know, Matt, give me a hero from Dota. Axe. That has Axe in it. You start with Axe. You don't. <sighs> Are they? No, it's uh, random. Right. Right. Oh, well, say you want. Say axe, right, guys, come on. Say you want. Say you want the card that has Axe's son Axel on it or whatever. Right. <laughs> axolotl. <laughs> axolotl. Say you want Axolotl. Right. And you didn't get him in any of the booster packs. Like you have to buy him separately through a marketplace or something. Right. Uh, either a marketplace, uh, which is tied to your Steam account and the Steam Workshop. So you, right. you have to pay real money to another player. Yep. To, and the other or player will you sell buy, you. It. Um, or you buy. Uh, I'm not sure if it's a real player. Actually, it might just be you buy off the store. It's the Steam but, Community Marketplace, which suggests. Oh, it is right. Okay. So it's other then, players, sure, right? Yeah, absolutely. Um, or you buy booster packs and hope you get lucky. Um, which. As someone who's bought booster packs just to try and get one particular card in the past for magic, that's not really viable. Okay, but this, this, you, this does give you a way around it. Can you earn booster packs in game through XP and stuff like that, like a normal free to play kind of vibe? You can enter events and win, like, so it costs money to enter certain events. I'm not entirely sure what specifically those events are, but like stuff like a there's one called Keeper Draft that involves you having to spend the booster packs in order to enter it, as well as event tickets. Mm. Um, and then if you do well enough, and you then get if you do, money back. If you do well enough, you get um, like more packs as a result, but you get to keep the cards in the Keeper Draft. But then there's other variants where you don't keep the cards, but you don't also pitch in cards you, uh, packs you've already bought. Okay, it, it's so... very hard. So um, I see, I see where you're coming from, Dave. So, like, is your complaint then that they've charged you sixteen quid for a game that you are going to have to spend money on inside anyway? Yeah, absolutely. you know, like down the line. Whereas other free-to-play card games, you know, you might probably will have to spend a little bit of money on, but they're not they're free at the point of entry. Well, the thing is with um, Magic Arena and uh, Hearthstone, they give you coins or gold or whatever to buy more booster packs without having to pay a single penny if you you know if you if you want to play that many games um so there's an incentive to keep playing whereas i don't think that's in artifact at the moment because there's no like reward for just playing a casual uh like social game online it's either you win or you lose. You don't get anything else out Other of it. Other than the joy of playing the game. <laughs> yes, but... <laughs> we, this, um... this is the thing, right? There's the joy of playing the game, and then there's the joy of actually getting the ability to play the game well. 
in this sort of card game environment. Did it just beat you with a starter deck, Dave? Yeah, and I was playing a starter deck. Complete <laughs> show off, isn't he, Dave? Complete show bit. off. Just always has to win. Just every... elitism of his finest there. Every time we talk about <laughs> Artifact, he's always saying, oh, remember that game I every won? Every single time. Every I mean, time I'm we talk to, about I'm it on this podcast. I'm going to get my revenge at some point. Your uppens will come. I, I, welcome, <laughs> I welcome my uppens. <laughs> um, but it won't be until um, until there's more packs, yeah. I think, because I think my selection of cards is not great. Let's put it that way. Um, one of the things I like in card games is is tricksy, tricksy nonsense. Mm. You yeah. know, like yeah, like that. having a whole. I like tricksy nonsense or having a big horde of people and just throwing them at the enemy and saying, "What are you going to do about all those horrible little people?" <laughs> um, tricksy nonsense, you know, where you you kind of trick them into thinking, "Oh, I'm over here," but you're not. You're all over there. Yes. You're all over somewhere else. I haven't. I haven't played a lot, so I need to know, have you guys come across Trixie nonsense that you enjoy? I think there's definitely scope for that. Dave's making a scope face. Scope for suggests... it, or did, did you see you it? You can see everything, <laughs> uh, apart from the opponent's hand. And the opponent's hand is not as impactful, because as you touched on earlier, Brandy, uh, the um, selection of cars doesn't allow for as much synergy and trick uh tricksy stuff um overall like it's mostly just buffing other units so you're looking at the board and you're thinking right they're going to buff this one they're going to reduce the uh armor of this one or um they may blow up this unit this turn so those there's in that respect that's a little dumbed down compared to a lot of other games in the there's fewer things to think about when you're looking at each lane, but you also see everything in each lane, including like if if you're a savvy player and you take your time, you can look at each of the improvements and think, right, well, this in, this improvement's going to kill this unit. Um. So. Yeah. The, the, sorry, sorry, go on, Matt. I think there's definitely. There's a scope, the scope for trickiness at its core with the with the way the lane dynamic works, and um, it's it's a bit like Gwent, um, actually, with the the thing we were talking about earlier with overcommitting to a lane. And I've definitely found I've got into that headspace where it's like I want to convince this person I'm not ready to give up on this lane yet, but I definitely am. And then you can do stuff like playing a hero and then you know teleporting them away from that lane by the time they've overcommitted to it. That's that's definitely a thing that hasn't got old. I say, having that. played four games. <laughs> you can do that, I suppose. I'll, I'll give you that. Um, but it's much more limited than in other card games. Um, like I will always come from this with a perspective on Magic the Gathering, because that's the game I've had most experience with overall. Mm-hmm. Um, and weigh that up against, oh, look, I've just generated... Infinity sapperlings. What you gonna do? <laughs> I, I do not know because <laughs> I have no idea what a sapperling is. It's like a little tree shrub. That's uh, that like a sense. little one-one tree shrub. Come um, on, Matt. Keep up. Everyone knows what a sapper. Sapper. One-one is pretty. Or there's like other things you could do, like um, 
you can make it so that you draw infinite cards uh, mm. out of your library, and each card you draw deals one damage to a creature or a player. So you can just instantly kill someone through a site, uh, through three cards just working off each other. That sounds a bit broken, to be honest. So. It is, but it's fun. And that's the problem <laughs> with um, Artifact is... You you once said that like that pro- uh, once someone solved that puzzle, I think that will start to get more fun because um, there'll be other puzzles built in later on to sort of counter those uh, those effects. Yeah, Whereas you said that me, like it just feels too the... vanilla at the moment. You said that the uh, like the enemy's hand is less the one thing you don't really know anything about is less impactful, but I find like. It, it it maybe is in the starter decks or something, but I find that at least it's it's interesting that you're kind of taking turns putting down cards before um setting before pressing the all right, let's let's have a fight button. So you That's kind magic of still, isn't it? It's yeah, it's very magic y in that respect. Yeah. Okay, um, well so I've never played magic, so in that case, like this this that that feels fun to me because you're kind of like uh you you're almost saying like, do I wanna use this because they might just skip their go and like uh, then i'll have kind of mm. wasted this like cloak that i want to give someone mm. but if uh, i think they're going to attack me i should put it on shouldn't i no i'll keep it in my hand and you press the skip go button and then they attack you and you're like god damn it just picture you with like a hat in your hand like with your hand wavering like going up and down <laughs> just going did i put the hat on did i not put the hat on? You saying that's actually just reminded me of the other thing about magic and Hearthstone that make it a bit more compelling for me, and that's mm-hmm. the idea of in magic counter spells and in uh, Hearthstone secrets. Yeah, no, I do like that. That's true. So having something that will trigger when you do something, or someone will play a card to stop you from, because I'm a blue player in Magic: The Gathering, like primarily speaking, because I love doing. Cr- tricksy stuff to disrupt other people i like being that nuisance um like one of my favorite decks uh is just full of counter spells um and uses another uh another creature to take cards from my hand and have them have a countdown on when they appear on the battlefield Hmm, that's fun um so there's always that sense of doom to which I can start building up my hand so that when they cast it and they go, oh, I counter that spell, I go, no, I counter your counter spell. <laughs> I'm exhausting. Oh, no, wait. Uh, so in Artifact, are there things like that where you have no. like... No. I don't think okay. there is. That's fine. That's good by me. I hate cancel cards. I hate in any card game if someone just raises a card out of their hand and goes, nah, it doesn't happen. Didn't mm. happen. I, I like that drives I de- me wild. I definitely really like the secrets in Hearthstone as opposed to that counter system. Like mm-hmm. I think one of the most satisfying things in well any game is anticipating what somebody else is going to do and coming up with a plan to resolve it. Mm. And secrets are sort of a mini form of that. And I don't know. I want to say I want to say I'll find something like that in Artifact. I haven't necessarily seen it yet. <laughs> I've not seen it in the entire set of uh, cards that have been announced for it or uh, or in this set. Fair so. enough. It might come later, uh, and I sincerely hope it does, because there are some spells that it would be really nice to have counters to, mm-hmm. so like uh, the signature spells in particular, just the ability to just go, 
Yeah, no. Yeah, so I was saying this to you earlier. Like In a game where you need certain heroes on a board to play certain cards, cards that remove those heroes before the other person has a chance to do anything about it are really good. Yeah, stupidly yeah. good. Yeah, because yeah, then you just have a hand of things and you're like, just well, yeah, press, like, I'll just press the button that lets you kill me now. Yep, they literally, they literally can't do a thing. Mm. Which, see, I, I think that's a, it's a double-edged sword that hero dynamic. Um, maybe, maybe removal spells should be toned down. But then, you know, I was playing a deck that revolved around removal spells. I don't think toning down the removal spells themselves is the way forward because, as you say, that's quite fun. Being able to just go right, well, I'm killing that one off mm. so that you can't play your blue spell to kill all of my stuff off. It was helped by the way um, I could wheel over to you on my chair as I played the spell that defeated all of your dudes. <laughs> yeah, say, ha, in your ear. <laughs> <laughs> you nasty nasty person he is a sore winner isn't he yeah he really is he loves to just he honestly honestly Matt it was a good moment I think we all enjoyed the moment <laughs> some of us more than others I'm sorry everyone enjoyed, enjoyed the moment well you enjoyed my enjoyment right no my thing died <laughs> bereft of life it rests in peace Oh, I'm sorry. I'm respawned. It's fine. Yes, and then you kill them too. <laughs> so we'll probably have a review or a verdict coming up uh, at some point on RPS uh, where we'll talk more in depth about it. Although I'm almost dreading having to write anything in depth about artifacts because it's already so itty bitty. Yeah, the task of explaining it. I I don't envy. I, I might just outsource that task to the artifact wiki that must now exist, and say well, I'm not going to talk about how the game works. I'm just going to talk about how it makes me feel. <laughs> <laughs> I am also creating guides on it. Um, like there are some decks out there now that which are starting to get a bit popular mm-hmm. with uh, with people who have been playing it. So um, yeah, by the time this goes up, they'll probably be live. I did yeah, just we'll put say, a link to those text, uh, to those to your guides as well at the, in the description of this. I just want to say, as positive as I am being, um, and I am, I'm looking forward to playing a lot more of it. It's not ex- like immediately exciting to me in the same way that Netrunner was when I encountered that. Netrunner mm. being an asymmetric physical card game in which one person plays a runner, one person plays sorry, one person plays a hacker, and the other is a corporation. <laughs> I'm glad you clarified that. Otherwise, people are going to be thinking, <laughs> why is a, why is a jogger out to bring down Coca Cola? Like, yeah, one jog, uh, one calorie at a time. <laughs> but yeah, so it's um like they have different win conditions. They're trying to do different things. Where the hacker is like, it plays with information in a really clever way. Mm. Where the the corporation has this row of servers, and they're trying the like cards that they defend at the end of those servers that the hacker is trying to hack into. And so um, everything that the runner does is laid out like fat on the table. Like the corp knows what the runner is capable of. And so that is such a great setup for these mind games where, you know, you you can absolutely uh, trick people and mislead them, which, yeah, I haven't I haven't seen that. So is much that enough. Um, a living card game or a tradable card game? It's a dead living card game. Mm. It doesn't exist no more. As in, yeah. they're not doing any more things. It's been oh, it's sure. been discontinued. Like last um, month, I think. 
yeah, okay. very recently, which is sad because it is, it is a proper good card game. You can play it online in a kind of clandestine way, which me and Matt have done, mm. and I'll link to that. Um, yeah, I might give that a shot. That sounds a bit more my my thing. It's a very cool game. It's proper good. Um, we should really do some kind of article that says here the good here are the good card games. Some kind of list of card I, games. I did do that once when um, Hearthstone the Hearthstone servers were down. So I did a little news saying the Hearthstone servers are down. Play all these games that are much better. Yeah, I think there are a lot better ones. You could play Duelist if you want. You Duelist could play. Really good. You could play Gwent. You could play. There's another game that people keep telling me every time I write about card games. They always shout at me in the comments and say, Eternal, "Why does nobody possibly. at RPS play Eternal?" Yeah. Um, so a shout I've... out to Eternal <laughs> that I've never played. I played it when everyone told me to play it, and I didn't like it. Okay. Sorry. Shout. Sorry. Um, what else could you play, if card game wise, if you're not into artifact? Um, there's one that's Faria. Um, you could do that. Um. I've not played that one myself, though. Fairy is pretty... It's pretty neat. It's, like, kind of a magic-y vibe with the different elements and stuff, and you have mm. to do things according to your own elements, but you're also building the... You're building the board as you go as you go along, and you're, like, travelling across a little board that you're building. It's 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 interesting. Mm. It's definitely like better than the, Hearthstone. Uh, the Lord of the Rings living card game, uh, mm. which there's a PC version... Either in early access or um, about to come to early access. I'm not quite sure where they are with it, but um, that that one you just buy the cards in each uh, each of the sets, and that was kind of the big gimmick of the uh, the real life version of the game is all the cards that you'll ever need uh, in this set are bought at the same time. You don't have to then buy more booster packs in order to bolster your I mean... collection. They say um, that you're not getting random cards, but you are having to buy essentially giant guaranteed booster packs. Pretty much, yeah. But the thing I quite like about it is uh, it's instead of playing against another player, it's you and your friends teaming up against Sauron, who's got his own deck and doing his own oh, that's silly things to you and your heroes and stuff. That's um, cool. And it's all... Um, each of the campaigns, I think you have to buy the campaigns, unfortunately, but each uh, each one, they give you the first chapter of a campaign for free, which is a multi-tiered level, as it were. So there'd be like three separate games or four separate games, depending on the path you choose mm-hmm. um, or the outcome of that particular game itself. Do you like keep your cards across the games? Uh, I think you do. I'm not entirely so certain. I'm sort of imagining it like a legacy type. It's deal. kind of like a leg. Um, so just for uh, people who don't know what a legacy game is, there's a recent phenomenon in uh, board games. Uh, I think it started with when Hasbro did Risk, yeah. where imagine Risk, but everything that happens in your first game carries over to the next game and then so everything new... that happens in that game goes to the following game etc etc so say for example so remember when you nuked south africa well 
that's yeah, gone that's now. That's still nuked. <laughs> yeah, it's still nuked. It's still irradiated. You can't do stuff there. Uh, and there's been other games, like there's one for uh, Pandemic, uh, which mm-hmm. is a game where you're basically medics trying to save the world from four deadly diseases. Mm. Oh, we have to mention the best thing about legacy games, which is they always come in a box with like little um, en- little envelopes packages and, and envelopes oh, that yeah. you only open once certain conditions have been met. Yeah. So Fantastic. say, for example, month one of something, as soon as uh, the first disease of pandemic hits the board uh, or goes, uh, what's the term? The when... Epidemic. Epidemic, that's the one. Um, when you have the first epidemic, turn over this card and read it out, and something happens to that particular disease. Mm. Um, that seems really, really, um, really, really good. Um, there's another one called Betrayal Legacy, which came out really recently, um, where you and your friends are wandering around a haunted house until bad stuff starts happening. But in the Legacy version... <laughs> You take on the role of a dynasty of families, <laughs> and you can get heirlooms. Oh, so, oh, that's creepy. So you get, like, uh, let's say in the first game you pick up a pair of glasses, you can opt to make that your family heirloom. <laughs> so you will always start out with this pair of glasses. That's neat. Um, but there's, there's all sorts of games like that, and um, in a small way... Um, the Lord of the Rings Living Card game is a little like that in that uh, in each of the like campaigns, uh, you then go to the next step. But it's not entirely the same in that um, with those, it's like a huge commitment. You play with the same set of players, mm. whereas this mm. is quite contained, short, but very similar. <laughs> Okay, cool. Uh, we are going to have to read out some reader things very quickly, uh, and then and then run away because we have card games to play. Mm-hmm. Uh, we asked, "Are you playing Artifact, and what do you think so far?" Uh, not a lot of responses this week. Nobody wants to play this game. <laughs> it looks like, uh, or it was just that I only asked it uh, an hour ago. Uh, I'm. <laughs> Chris Cappell says, I'm going to be honest, I looked at the screenshot that's attached to this and thought, wow, the RPS guys have a really cool gaming table. Like, no, <laughs> we, we don't have a gaming table that features two small horned creatures sitting atop our decks of cards. Oh, we hadn't mentioned the small horned creatures sitting atop our decks of cards. No. They're fantastic. Do you, want, do, you want to, do you want to quickly describe the small horned creatures that sit atop the decks of cards? You get two little gremlins. They're actually called Grievals. They're a dirty thing. Um, that, like, sit on your deck of cards and look at you um, really, you know, encouragingly and they get distressed. Like, if your board's wiped, they'll, like, stand in the middle of the board and look up at you with a panicked expression because you can't I do anything. That. It's so and then, fun. Oh, and then when you wipe the other board, like, the little gremlin will, like, appear and be annoyed and appear with a broom and, like, sweep up the dust that you've left behind. Oh, they're fantastic. Uh, okay, so, sorry, Chris Kappel, we don't actually own those little creatures, but if we did, it would be wonderful. Uh, Alvaro Piaggio says, I would try it if only I could stop playing The Elder Scrolls Legends. Uh, Fair enough. Uh, Someone's just replied, Christoph has just replied with the abbreviation P2W and a gif of Rihanna making a kind of pay me gesture. (laughs) 
so, I mean, that's yet to be conclusively decided. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, Chris Black just says, it be good. Thank you, Chris. I'm glad that someone's enjoying it. In fact, I'm glad a few people are enjoying it. I'm sure a lot of people are. Um, and I think I will once I get past the uh, oh no, that plate over there just dropped. Whoops. Stage of playing. Mm. Uh, but yeah, thank you guys both for coming on and talking to me about this card game. I hope we've made it fun and interesting for the listeners. Card games are kind of hard to describe without being without getting into gritty detail. Um, if you want to check the guides for artifacts, you can. I'll link to those in the description. Dave does all of that, so you have Dave to thank for making you win some things, probably. Uh, maybe. <laughs> uh, although judging by the the guides writer lost the game, so maybe you should be reading Matt's coverage of it instead. <laughs> I'm sure I'll, I'll do something about it at some point. There'll be a rematch, I'm sure. Um, rematch after this. Potentially. If you have any themes or topics you want to give to the Rock River Shark and Electronic Wireless show that we can talk about, send it to us in an email podcast at rockpapershotgun.com. You can check us on Twitter and Facebook and YouTube at rockpapershot. That's it. Thank you very much for listening. And thank you to Dave and Matt once more. Thank you. Bye. Bye.